0: right, as we continue the series called Rethink, I just want to get some people caught up that may have not been here last week. We're doing a series on the mind and how we're going to rethink how our thoughts are going to be different because our thoughts are so powerful. And I can tell you this, I believe this series is hitting the spot. How do I know that? Pretty much everywhere I went this week, uh, people came up to me going, oh, rethink, that's good. That's good. Rethink, that's really good. I, I, I'm taking my thoughts captive. I had people come up and confessing things to me, you know. They're like, yeah, thoughts not so good. Looking forward to week two. All right, so I know that we're hitting the spot here. And I can tell that people are resonating with this. You can see on Facebook and other places that uh, this is resonating because our thoughts really are key. And the world places so many bad thoughts, in there. we talked about this last week, that there are so many different ways bad thoughts get in, and we've got to learn to take them captive. And so last week was really an opportunity just to just identify that we have these bad thoughts in our mind, our mind is powerful, and God has given us the ability to detoxify our minds and get good thoughts in. And so I asked you to do homework to go ahead and, and say, Where are these areas in my life where I'm being brought down? Where are those areas where in my thought life it's destructive? What are the lies or the thoughts that I have that are not true that I can identify really easy that are controlling me? And so some of you did that. Maybe you have your soap journal with you, your little devotional journal, and you're holding those thoughts captive. I did have somebody say, I'm holding my thoughts captive. I can't wait for week two. You better give me some help. So I got it. I got it. So you're holding your thoughts captive. And so now we're here, and we're trying to get the good in, the bad out, and it's not simple. There's a battle. And so I want to talk to you today about the battle. There's two key scriptures that I want to read. One is going to be rather quick. I just want to give you one key thought, and then we're going to go back to that scripture next week, okay? But I want to give you one quick thought with Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. This is what Romans chapter 12 says. It says, therefore, I urge you brothers in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. That's what you did when you gave your life to Jesus Christ. Then he says, do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I want to point out one word there, the word transformed. Okay? It's the word where we get the, uh, today, the word metamorphosis. It is how a caterpillar can turn into a butterfly. It is a metamorphosis. It changes from one thing to another. And I want to let you know that when Paul wrote this in the book of Romans, the Apostle Paul wrote this, he uses a term here that is a passive voice. Now, this is critical for you to understand. He writes it in a passive voice. He says, I want you to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And he writes it in a way that says it's a passive thing that God is going to do the heavy work in. If I can use my caterpillar illustration... He's saying, basically, you are going to make the cocoon. And as you make the cocoon, God's going to start to change you. You just have to make the cocoon. You have to get to the branch or the spot, make the cocoon, do that part, which is your part. And then when you do that, the rest of it, that change that happens, is God's part. He is the one that is actively going to make you new. You just have a little in this, okay? So I want you to understand that it's the power of God that changes us. It's the supernatural power at work in us. And so some of you have already been defeated. You might have written down your thoughts. You might have written down the areas that you're bound in. You might have written down the areas that you struggle in, and you thought, how in the world am I going to change that? You're thinking there's not enough self-help, there's not enough good ideas, it can't, I mean, how in the world am I going to change that? You're going to do the small part, God's going to do the big part. You're just going to do the little bit that he asks you to do, and then he supernaturally is going to work by the power of the Holy Spirit in you to change you into the person that you need to be. And I thank God that it isn't really dependent on me. I get to do the small part, he gets to do the big part. With that being said, let me jump into our scripture for today, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. This is what the Apostle Paul writes. He says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Let me just stop for a moment there. We have divine power at work in us. Never forget, it's divine power that's giving you the victory over the thoughts that have controlled you. Many of you have been controlled by these thoughts, and you're thinking again, how in the world am I going to get set free? You have divine power to do what I'm going to tell you to do, to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Now, there's a battle going on. I want to be very clear that there is a battle going on, and I want to tell you how God wanted your mind to be controlled in his original design. I get this from the book, Escaping the Matrix. I found this to be a very helpful diagram, and I want to show you what's going on. So if we could throw that on the screen. This is God's original design that uh, the Lord would be in charge that he would be over us. If we've got that slide, I think I, I, there you go. God's original design, that the Lord is in control, that God speaks to our spirit, and then our spirit is in authority over our mind, and our mind will obey what the spirit of God is saying. Our bodies are subject to our mind, and our body is over the world, which ultimately we are over our enemy, Satan, the devil. That's why the Bible says, greater is he than is in us than he that's in the world. So that's the original design, that it should be that way. Now, we have Satan's design. He switches it around, and we could show this slide. I want you to put it up there. Satan wants to work from the bottom up. He says, I'm in charge, and I'm going to use the world to influence your body, and your body will rule your mind, and your mind is going to tell your spirit what to do. And you notice what's missing, the Lord. The Lord's not in that equation. So if we can just think about this for a minute, the devil seeks to reverse the arrangement. The devil works from the bottom up. God works from the top down. And so this is what's going on. The devil's saying, you know, you will obey the things of the world, and the things of the world will appeal to your body, and the things that appeal to your body are going to appeal to your mind, and your mind's going to rule your spirit. Let's get God out of the picture, okay? So if you can track with me, I've got one more slide. It's a conflict slide. Go ahead and throw this up there. The war zone of the redeemed person, those of us that are following Jesus as our Lord and Savior, he's lord he's speaking to our spirit and there's a war zone for the mind because the devil is trying to get to us through the world and through the body and he's trying to say you can't believe the things of god it's not true your spirit can't be set free you can't live in victory and so there's a conflict in the battle for the mind all right does this make sense okay so this is why it says that we're going to take these thoughts captive that we're going to demolish these arguments that we're going to win this because we have a conflict going on god's working from the top down the enemy is working from the bottom up god says i'm going to get your mind to be in line with the spirit and then your body the external things are going to be under my obedience the devil says your body is going to rule everything And it will control your thoughts and you'll be driven by your lust and your desires. And it's a conflict there because you know that as a redeemed follower of Jesus Christ, you don't want to do those things. You don't want to do it, and so there's a conflict going on, and the Spirit of God is whispering, don't do that, don't believe that. But the things of this world that are so deep embedded in us, all of a sudden they're at conflict, and they just keep smashing each other. Fear, doubt, unbelief, lust, greed, anger, our addictions, there's a battle going on. And so the Apostle Paul says, we're going to do this and we are going to fight with, not with the weapons of the world, but we're going to fight with these divine power, this divine power that God gives us to demolish these strongholds. Now this word stronghold is the word fortress. And here's what happens. Every time the enemy puts a lie into your mind, it's like he's laying a brick of a fortress. He's laying a brick and he's saying, we are going to be dominated by fear. And then he lays another brick of fear and says, we're going to be dominated by fear. And then he lays another brick of fear and he says, I'm going to be dominating you through fear. And he starts to build a fortress. And all the lies that you believe that the enemy has placed in your mind, fear, 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 all of a sudden the devil starts to Operate from this fortress in your mind with all these thoughts that your brain has processed. I'm driven by fear. I'm fearful. I can never make it. I can't do it. I can't risk. I can't step out in faith. And fear starts to have a fortress there. And the apostle Paul says, We are going to demolish these strongholds. We're not going to try to redeem them. We are going to throw them out. Those strongholds that are there are going to be evicted. They are good for nothing. We're not going to keep them around even as souvenirs, all right? Uh, a few years ago, uh, many years ago, uh, out in Rosemount, uh, the military had an ammunitions base. Maybe you've driven by some of the old uh, building remnants that are, that are still there. They, they actually made gunpowder and they actually uh, had a munitions base there. When they went and tore it down and they said, okay, we don't need this munitions base anymore. We don't need this. They said, all the material here is contaminated. We have to destroy it all. And local farmers and local people said, can't we use the lumber? Can't we use the bricks? Can't we use the stuff? We'd love to use it. And they said, it's no good. It's been permeated with this gunpowder. And if you use it in your house, you'll blow up. We've got to destroy it, okay? The bad thoughts that are in your mind, you're going to destroy them, demolish them, throw them out. We're not going to keep them they're gone. Now, we are going to demolish these arguments, and the word argument that is used in the text is the word logic. There is a logic that the enemy says, like, you know, this is logical. This is logical. If you, let me just give an example, just because we talked about kingdom builders and money. If you, if you give extra, you'll die. You'll have no money for groceries. It's the logic. If you do this, surely you only have this much. God can't provide. He's only given you much. You're not like the other people that have so much more. You don't have that. And so you start thinking, oh, okay. And so this logic is there. We have a very logical reason for not believing the things of God. And the Apostle Paul says, we are going to demolish these arguments. We are going to tear down the logic that says we can't be set free from fear or greed or anger or lust because we have logical things. We say, but, but I, I need this. You know, after all, they're not meeting my needs. And so this is my logic, and this is the lie I've learned to believe. And Paul says, we're going to tear down and demolish these arguments. Now, here's our part. He says, we are going to take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. I want to make this very clear. We're going to take captive every thought that enters our mind, every one of them, every thought. You are now in charge of all your thoughts. Every new thought that comes into your mind, you have to take it captive, and you have to say basically, who goes there? Are you friend or foe? Okay? Who goes there? We are going to take captive every thought. And some somebody say, well, I, I, do I have to work on every area of my life? Yes, you do. Would you be happy if our government just allowed five terrorists into our country? And they said, well, you know, we're not going to catch them all. You know, we'll, we'll just let five or six in. You know, you wouldn't be happy with that. You'd say, no, no, no. I want them to capture every terrorist. I want them to take and go after every terrorist because I don't want anything being destroyed around me. So we are going to learn to take every thought captive and here's what we need to do. The first thing we need to do is we need to start starving our mind of the bad thoughts those of you taking notes, we are going to start starving our mind of the bad thoughts. We are no longer going to be feeding ourselves with the carnal things of this world, with the things that we watch, that we read, that we spend time with, that we listen. We are going to start evaluating uh, if this is a junk food thing for my thought, okay? So we need to start starving ourselves of those things that are getting into our thoughts. How many know we have enough bad thoughts in there already? They don't need any more fuel. Okay? So we're going to starve our mind of the bad thoughts that are there. We're going to learn to take captive the thoughts, but the first thing we want to do is want to say, I'm going to start to recognize the bad thoughts and I don't want any more bad thoughts around me." I actually remember there was somebody I was counseling on this, and they went home and they told their family, "Stop it, you can't talk to me,. You're, you're negative. You can't talk to me anymore. <laughs> okay, it worked for them. All right, but anyways) <laughs> But you're going to starve yourself of the bad. And you control what's coming in. So you are going to change the channel. If you don't like what you're watching, change the channel. So we're going to start starving the thoughts. No more bad thoughts. And here's the thing that we're going to do secondly. We're going to examine and challenge all new thoughts. And we're going to ask things about the thoughts that we have. Does this thought line up with scripture? Does this thought line up with God's promises? Does this thought help or hurt me? Is this type of thinking from the top down or the bottom up? We're going to start challenging and examining those thoughts. We're going to ask God, is this how I should think about this? Okay. And so we're going to examine and challenge these thoughts that come into our mind by asking ourselves questions like that. When we realize that we have thoughts or patterns in our mind, we are going to tear down the wrong thoughts. With a couple of different things, with better thoughts from God, which we'll get to in a minute, and with the power of the Holy Spirit. But we are going to tear down these thoughts that are in our mind. And let me tell you a helpful tip that will just help you. You can have your mind speak to your spirit. Now, track with me. Sometimes I'll say to myself, that's not how you're going to be defined, Rob. I almost talked to myself in the third person. That's not how you're going to be defined. That thought does not define you. You need to reject that thought, almost like I'm telling myself. You see what I'm saying? And I'm I'm lecturing myself. I say, that thought does not define you. That's not a godly thought, Rob. You don't need to act that way. You don't need to think that way. That thought is destructive. And I'll say to myself, Rob, you listen up. You are going to start obeying the word of God, and I start speaking. Now, you think I'm crazy? David did it in the Psalms. He said, why so downcast, O oh, my soul? Put your hope in God. He was lecturing himself. Why, so da- why is my soul downcast in depression? I have so many good things. Why so downcast? Put your hope in God. Come on. I will magnify the Lord. I will glorify his name. I will live in victory. And so we're going to start almost speaking to ourselves when we tear down these wrong thoughts. That's a wrong thought, and you have no place there. Rob, you need to evict that one. All right, and we're going to evict those thoughts because they have no place in our mind. Now, I want to tell you how I evict my own thoughts that are wrong. I just want to tell you how I do it. It's a tool that I've developed. I don't know that I've heard anybody else talk about it, but it's just what I do because in case you didn't know this, your pastor sometimes gets bad thoughts, okay? I know that shocks you, but I do. So sometimes when I get a bad thought in my mind, what I'll see is that bad thought, like it'll say, you can't do this, God will never supply your need. And so what I'll do to combat that thought, I'll actually see that sentence as if it's written on a black card in my mind with white lettering. You can't do that, God won't provide for your needs. White lettering, black backdrop. And I'll concentrate on that, and I will almost in my mind take like black paint and cover over that. And I'll cover over that thought, and it's as if that thought is in my mind, and it's as if that, that card, I just kind of pull a little Jay Leno on it, and I go, boop, out. You know, what I do that it's gone and you know what happens sometimes the devil comes right back and goes you can't do that god won't provide all your needs and i take out the black paint and i cover over it and i poop, get it out and i take it out of my mind i said that will not be there and sometimes i have to do that five six times and i see that i say it's out and what i start doing is i replace it with a god thought and all of a sudden i say wait 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 my god will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory And all of a sudden I see a black card there with white lettering with the positive things that I'm going to replace with that negative thought. And it works for pictures. You may have an immoral picture there. And I take black paint and I paint over that black picture, over that picture. And I say, that picture will not dominate my thoughts. I will not have that thought of lust. I cover over that by the power of the Holy Spirit. And it is gone in the name of Jesus. And then I start thinking on the good things. That's just how I do it. Okay you may do it a different way God may give you a different way But it's worked for me And whenever that thought comes in I see it on that paper I paint over it I kick it out And I put a good one there And I start focusing on the good one And it's, a, it's as if only one thought can be there The other one can't And so I kick the one out And I start focusing on the good one I kick the wrong picture out I paint over it Throw it away And I get a new picture Of what I want to see in Jesus Christ So this is how I do it. And so we are going to tear down these thoughts. We're going to evict the wrong thoughts. And we need to write in our mind then the good thoughts. So we're going to feed our mind the good thoughts by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to feed our mind the good thoughts. How are we going to do this? By reading God's Word. We're going to read God's word because his good thoughts are there for us. And as we start to evict those thoughts, we say, I take you captive. That is not a right thought. That is out. The good thought is in. Where does the good thought come from? It just doesn't come from Rob. It comes from the word of God. And so the word of God gives me my good thoughts. When I hear in my mind, you can't make it, you're going to fail, I paint over that one, kick it out, and say, I am more than a conqueror in Jesus Christ. And boom, that becomes my new picture, my new thought, and that defines me. And so I need to start feeding myself, feeding my mind, feeding my spirit good things. Now here's the problem for most of us here. We come to church for one hour. We feed our mind with good thoughts we leave we get into our car we don't even have praise and worship in the car we just have the radio we have other music you know and i am saying you can't listen to other music but as soon as you leave here boom you turn it on and all of a sudden you start listening to something else and it's not glorifying it's not godly and it starts combating against the good thoughts you just had and you start feeding it matter of fact if you are a football fan and you go to church on sunday by the time you're at halftime, you have already outweighed all the bad. All the good. I mean, you have already done it. The beer commercials, the things, the stuff. I mean, it's all like, woohoo, live it up. If you drink beer, you'll get the girl in the bikini. You know, and it's like, woo, crashing and burning, all right? That doesn't mean you can't watch football. But listen to this. Your good is like this much, and your bad is this much. What do you think going to win in your thought life? We say, read your word every day, do soap, get some Bible in you, read a chapter. We pick some highlight chapters for you, 365 highlight chapters, and you don't do it. We say, we've got life groups for you, so you can study the word, you can find a place to serve, you can find other people that will do godly good things with you and fill your mind with good things, but you don't join a life group. We say, find a place to serve so God can speak to you. And as you give to others, you have that God moment where you're helping and you're serving in the church, but you don't do that. And you wonder why you can't win the victory because you only come for one hour and you come late and you leave early, many of you, but not this service, right? Right? Yeah. (laughs) Seriously, we've got to feed the good in our mind after we've evicted the bad and feed the good. We need to have that ammunition. And then as we do this, we're going to challenge all new thoughts that come our way. We're going to start evicting the wrong ones and saying, that's got to go. That does not define me. I have found a tool here. I have found a scripture. I have found something that defines me. And you say, yeah, but this thought really sounds good. It doesn't matter how good it sounds. It doesn't matter how much emotion is attached to it. It doesn't matter how much it's defined you. If it is at odds with what the Word of God says, it is evicted and the Word of God takes up residence. It doesn't matter. No excuses, because so many of us, the fortress is so strong. You say, I can't, I can't. This is the way I am. I'm not going to change. I'm just bound by this. This is just the one area of weakness. I'll never get victory over it. That is a lie, and it needs to be evicted. And by the power of God, it can be evicted. And you will feed yourself with the new. Now, this is the good news in this. After you have challenged your thoughts, after you've challenged them over and over and over again, it starts to get easier doesn't stop, but it gets easier. Because I have now got rid of a whole harvest of bad thoughts that were in there. I have thrown them out. I have evicted them. And I am starting to renovate my mind. I am putting the new in, which we're going to talk about next week. I am renovating and putting the new in. And as the new takes up residence... The old doesn't have as much place to stay around anymore, but the old will always try to sneak back in. How many know that's true? It doesn't matter. All of a sudden, you're living in victory, and the enemy says, remember what you used to do back in college? And you're paralyzed. And you're thinking, oh, no. And the enemy's like, do I get to build a fortress here or not? Do I get to build it? And if you are paralyzed, and you start dwelling on that instead of who you are in Christ now with the new thoughts all of a sudden he starts brick by brick building a new thing. And you could tear that down. No, 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 I challenge that thought. That is not who I am in Christ. That's not the way I live. That is evicted. You are out and I will have a God thought in that place. And I will live from the top down, not from the bottom up. It's a good thing. And it gets easier because after a while, you've just sown to the Spirit, and you've sown to the Spirit, and you've sown to the Spirit, so you start reaping from the Spirit. That's what the Bible says. It says, don't be deceived. God's not mocked. If you sow to the flesh, you reap of the flesh. If you sow to the Spirit, you reap of the Spirit. And there's a lot of stuff you sowed, and you got to kick it out and plant a new crop, okay? And it does get easier, but it never stops. You will have to keep doing this over and over and over. So I pray that that's a a good tool for you that you'll learn to take these thoughts captive. And the one thing we have to determine right here and right now, whatever God says goes. It does not matter how deep that thought is, how much logic. Remember, we're going to tear down those arguments, that logic. It doesn't matter how much logic is over there. If God says this, this has to come in and that has to go. And that is how we start to live the abundant life in Jesus Christ, because the old is evicted, the new is put in place, and then it starts to rule our hearts and our mind. It starts to rule the decisions we make. It starts to make us new, and then God supernaturally makes us into the followers of Jesus Christ that he wants us to be. And we look back, we're like, wow, how did we change so much? Because we took those thoughts captive, evicted them, put new ones in, and then God just miraculously caused that to bring about an amazing harvest in our lives. So I want to just pray for you now. I want to pray that you can experience this and you can fight those thoughts that are there. So let me pray. Lord, I just pray right now for all those that are listening to this message here and at every campus or online. And I pray right now for them. I pray that... Right now they would know that there can be victory and I know from experience that our thoughts need to be taken captive. I know from experience that our mind needs to be renewed and I pray right now that they would see that it's possible there is a divine power working in them and giving them the strength right now to overcome those thoughts, to throw them out of their mind and to have the new thoughts of God in there. So I pray that they would resolve right now to have the courage to fight against those fortresses. It's divine power that we fight against those fortresses. Those things that have defined us will not define us anymore. Those things that controlled us will not control us anymore. They are evicted and God will take place in our thoughts. His thoughts will become our thoughts. I pray that they would just have the resolve and the courage now to do this. And I pray that they would know that it's going to get easier but right now it may be the fight and the battle of their life but you will give them the strength they need you've given them the tools they need and I just pray they take advantage of your word and read it and get it in them I pray they take advantage of the life groups and the things that we've made available as a church and the places to serve and the things to do and they dedicate more than just one hour Lord But they'd say, God, help me to renew my mind. Help me to renew my mind. Help me to take these thoughts captive. I'm evicting them. So now I can renew it and be like you. I just pray for the strength to just build the cocoon so that, Lord, you can do the metamorphosis. You can do the change. We'll just do our small part so you can do the rest. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' name I pray man